0: Welcome!
1: <laughs> excited, brother? Yeah, excited too. Yeah. How you doing, Ricky? I'm doing all right. Awesome. Yep, I'm doing good. Good, good. Yep, so, yep.
0: Um, everybody, this is my good friend Ricky Wade. Uh, he's going to share with us some, some of his testimony and what God has been doing in his life for the last uh, few years. And mm-hmm. then, uh, before we get started, if we can just go ahead and pray, and we'll get started. Okay. Sure. So, uh, Lord Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much, God, for all the work that you have done in Ricky's life, Lord, and in his marriage and his babies and just all the stuff that you've done and the way you've changed his life from uh, drug addiction and being lost and just out there to being saved and um, just just focused and laser focused on you and just uh, being a good husband, being a good father, uh, being a pastor, just in ministry and just uh, um, um, just helping uh, come around other, other broken uh, vessels and trying to help uh, lead them in a good direction, Lord. So we just ask you just to be with Ricky, be with his wife, Tina, and their children. Uh, be with Tina. She's about ready to have another baby mm-hmm. on the way, Lord. So just bless her and bless that that baby. And uh, um, yeah, Lord, just be with them and be with this family that is growing and that they just continue to stay focused on you and And uh, live into your promise, Lord. So thank you for for our time together to hear Ricky's story. We ask all these things to be blessed in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Yeah, man. So actually, I've I've been sober for 16 years. So I've known you for 14 years, I guess. How long have you
1: been sober? 18. 18. In March, God willing, it'll be 19. Wow, so. man, it's by, <laughs> it goes by quick, doesn't it? It does, yeah.
0: It's incredible, man. I know yeah. I can't even believe it. I got 16 years. It's like it's, it's yeah, it's, it's it's incredible. Like it is, yeah. Just to have each year stack up against each other in in, in good terms and not in bad. <laughs> yeah. Each year is such a blessing, right? And yeah. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought I could do so many good things in, in consecutive years.
1: <laughs> right. Productive members of society, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> each year. Like, oh, my gosh. The more no we get
0: kidding. to do. Yeah, because I was very unproductive for, for a yeah, long time. me too. So um, <laughs> so a little bit about yourself. So where were you born? Where were you raised? Uh Childhood, all that stuff.
1: I was born in Colorado and let's see, we, my, I'm the youngest of three. And so my mom and dad split up when I was like six months, six or seven months. Mm -hmm. And so we moved from Colorado to California. And so my mom got a job out here in California and, and brought us out here and we started over and, uh, up in Lake County area up there and kind of moved around to different places up in that area, went to school there. And that was where I did, um, up until, uh, let's see, junior year in high school and came down to San Mateo. We left, um, uh, that area. So, you know, drug addiction has really just kind of destroyed my, all, all the siblings, all my siblings are all in recovery Mm -hmm. from drug and alcohol abuse. And so from a very young age, I think we kind of all, um, you know, coming from a broken family model you know, my mom worked to provide for us. And so, you know, we kind of had each other to support each other. And, and, you know, I'm not blaming the area at all. But right up there was just, you know, kind of you do there's a few different groups of people that you kind of migrate towards you gravitate towards. And for us, you know, I think the, the substances helped us kind of live in denial of not having, you know, our dad around. Mm -hmm. And we didn't realize it. We just kind of, you know, withdrew to that crowd because we, you know, now we know we have major abandonment, you know, that we deal with. Sure. We didn't know then, right, that that was kind of the, I think, the driving force behind our our using. Right. You know, and and just speaking for myself, but I know, you know, my siblings as well, We once we started drinking and using and doing these things, it wasn't just like a, you know, weekend thing. It wasn't, you know, we dove into it hard because it, it was really healing us. It was really allowing us to kind of. Escape escape yeah Yeah. so you know you know other than that i had a a good you know childhood like i said my mom worked really hard and provided for us you know and i did sports and you know i did these things but i I think probably late middle school early high school i started you know kind of experimenting with alcohol and cigarettes and and stuff like that and like i said right away it allowed me to kind of escape from you know these, these other um, challenges in my life. So it was very addicting for me and, you know, went down that path. And I would say about 10 years of just kind of um, escalating and how I use and drink and, and t- to narcotics and to hallucinogenics. And, you know, it was, you know, like Every, we say, the everything. trash can, right? Yes. Yeah. I was just talking with, you know, Pablo, our buddy Pablo. I was like, yeah, I had the beer, I had the, the joint, I had the pipe, I had the light. You know, it was all at one time. It was like this medley of <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was the party, right? It wasn't yeah. just one thing. It was like I had to have all these things together. Yeah, you know, and then chemistry lab. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) the cigarette burning on the side and then, then you know, (laughs) totally related things. Yeah, so all the stuff going into the body, like the escape. I think that's a great word. It was not even realizing the insanity of, you know, some people might drink a couple beers or whatever. Right. And I'm like, have this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I love it when people come up to me and say, so what's your drug of choice? I go everything. Yeah. More. Yeah. That was my drug of choice. It was more. Right. You had it, I'll snort it, smoke it or shoot it. It Yeah. It didn't matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was also kind of that, like, I haven't yet. Right. Oh, I haven't, you know, used needles yet or, you know, but you heard about the yet's, you know, for me it was like, oh, I'm smoking marijuana and I'm drinking, but I'm not doing any, you know, narcotics yet. Like other people I know or some of my older friends. Until you you were. Until I was. (laughs) And, you know, for sure I would have went down that path of, you know, using needles and all these other things if I had continued to go deeper into it. But yeah, I mean, not really the insanity of like all the substances that I was putting in my body, right, to try to escape. Mm -hmm. And nothing was ever enough, right? And now looking back, I was like, that that was just, you know, Um, for a while I was a blackout drinker, Mm -hmm. you know, and my brother and everybody would tell me stories about it. You know, I would party all night in these these hotel rooms at these places and I would just, you know, get sick, you know, vomit and then wake up and just start drinking again. Mm -hmm. Like it was nothing, you know, like just no clue of, the insanity right you know i had right. gotten sick and vomited outside and rolled around and you know I just woke up and i'm just like this is normal change my shirt and <laughs> where's the liquor let's start again you know and just so that insanity that i look back on now seeing how destructive it was and so it's it's ra- kind of ran rampant through 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 my family and uh you know yeah so i mean other than that like i said i felt like i had a good childhood right the growing up in, in a loving family and um the drugs and alcohol took me down a, a really fast track to to insanity and really like I I, I say now it's the suicide mission that I was on to kill myself. Yeah. Somehow. Either the substances or situations that I put myself in.
0: So did you graduate from high school?
1: I didn't. I dropped out. So I, I tried to transfer down to San Mateo County and because I was you know, had been in trouble sure. up in up in Lake County, they didn't let me in to the school. So I've kind of felt like a rejection. Okay. And I didn't want to come down here anyway. I was kind of fighting my family on it, my mom on coming down to San Mateo. And uh, So they had already moved here? My mom had already moved here, yeah. And so my brother and sister weren't really in the picture at that time. Um, it was just me and my mom. And, and so she had already moved down here and she had been coming back and forth as I was visiting my friends up in Lake County. I didn't want to come down here. So I came down. The high school wouldn't let me in. So I just kind of said, well, they don't, you know, nobody wants me here. Like, why am I here? Right. So that rejection just fueled my decisions to go deeper into my addiction down here. And so of course I found what I needed to do and I continued on that path.
0: Sure, sure.
1: You know, which jails institutions and deaths. So that was kinda, you know, for me, the 10 years of, of drinking, using, and insanity all around that led me to jail eventually. So many times.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah.
1: <laughs> I know, I know that road.
0: Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, all of a sudden, I started thinking about my, my little journey. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I totally get it. Yeah. Um. So, w- where um was your dad ever in the picture? Did you know him at all? No, he never
1: was. Um okay. We had made some contact with him when I was, I think, eight or nine years old. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, it was just kind of this area I think in my life of denial that I didn't know I was in denial about. Sure. So, you know, not really understanding like the effect of that dynamic, you know, not having a father around and not having a whole family, you know, and we talk a lot about wholeness with God, right? right? And not understanding how how negatively and how badly that impacted me emotionally, right? And spiritually and mentally and all that stuff. Kind of just living in a, yeah, just a total um, bliss, you know, just (laughs) just the the total denial. And it wasn't until later, until I was was meeting with a pastor friend of mine who's a mentor, and kind of called me out on it. I was telling him my story and my, my, kind of my understanding of my dad and his, his role in my life. And he's like, you have a very distorted you know, view, very limited and distorted view of your father's role in your life. And mm. I was like, whoa, interesting. And so it was at that time that he told me that I would reunite with my dad. Mm. He said, you're going to reunite with your dad and there's going to be, and God's going to bring healing in your life around this thing. And I was, I had you know, chills. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I had never thought yeah. you know, that that day would come. Sure, I'd always hoped that that day would come. But I had never really, what would that be like? I was terrified to think about what would that be like, right? right? To meet him and to see him and to talk right. with him and, you know, and then what happens after that, right? You know? Sure. So, and, you know, and it was just as my my friend said, like later on, I reunited with my dad and cool. my sister, all three of us reunited with him after 30 years.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: Yeah. So before that, mm-hmm. um,
0: so you're in San Mateo County in and out mm-hmm. of jail, mm-hmm. getting high um, you don't feel like you fit in. Yeah, um, you're trying to fit in by getting high with all the other people that are getting high, which to- mm-hmm. I totally relate with. hundred yeah. percent. Yep. Um, so, what was your turning moment? <clears throat> what 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 finally did it for you? Um,
1: it was my freedom. You know, I think I had many many times where I had been arrested and on my way to jail, and I was thinking like, you know, I had a moment of clarity. Mm-hmm. But I would get out and it never lasted <laughs> the moment of clarity. Right, right. And so of course it for me it was like, Well, you know, we've given you plenty of opportunities, you're on probation, you're violating your probation, you know, you continue to not learn. You know, we're giving you a lot of chances. And so for me it was, okay, you're gonna to go to prison. Now you're now you're facing three years prison time on this mm-hmm. case. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa. Right. You know, it was a wake up call, it was a shocker for me. Um my biggest fear, right, was that the further I go, my whole time my biggest fear was the further I go down this, this life, the further I, deeper I go into this, the harder it will ever be to, to come out, you know? Mm. And so that was a reality to me knowing that. My, my, my biggest fear was if I went to prison, right, I would go deeper into the lifestyle. Sure. And because a lot of people I knew growing up, that's what they did, right? They didn't go in and rehabilitate. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. didn't go in and say, oh, I came out and I learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah, it's such a myth. <laughs> yeah. So what I saw was the deeper, right? Yeah. The deeper, you know, lifestyle that they went into. And so that was my biggest fear. Yeah. And and I didn't know, again, too, I didn't know that there was like a little bit of tiny a little bit of hope inside of me, right? For this, a life yeah. without drugs and alcohol, a normal kind of life. And I think that's what kind of always kept me convicted of doing things and not doing things. Yeah. You know, even though I was strung out and way out there mentally and stuff, there was mm. always this kind of little bit of, you know, maybe a guardian, guardian angel or something. Right. <laughs> something right. that kind of held me back from that, going over that right. that threshold. And for me, prison would have been that threshold. So that was, <clears throat> I was in Redwood City County Jail. And, you know, I was facing this case with three years prison. And my moment of clarity brought me to my knees. You mm. know, it brought me to my knees. And so, um, you know, my my grandma and grandpa were missionaries. And <clears throat> okay. Navajo Indian Reservation in New Mexico. And that was kind of they my grandma would always talked to me about God, you know. Cool. But I had never had this relationship, you know, right. really. So um I had burnt all my bridges, right? In jail. You know, who was I gonna call? Who was gonna help me? Right. Know, I had no money for a lawyer. You know, I didn't have nothing. So I thought, you know, in that moment my grandma's kinda words kinda I heard in my in my mind like, God loves you. Like I pray for you all the time. God loves you. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. And that was kind of, you know, and so I was writing the letter to my sister, basically kind of sharing all this with her, like, Hey, you know, this is probably it for me if I go down this path and I don't know why I'm here. I don't know, you know, the whole, again, it was just all blur, I guess, from the moment I started drinking and using, right. You know how that works. You're just like, what happened (laughs) All these years are gone and all this wreckage and all this stuff. And it's just a blur. And then here you are getting ready to go to prison. Yeah.
0: And I trolling. Like, totally, you, you and I have a very similar story. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't realize how similar it is, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you wake up one morning, you're like, what I do? Yeah. For the last 10 years I did what? Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's sh- shameful, I think. And you know, those moments where you're just like, wow, I'm throwing my life away.
0: So how did, so, <clears throat> so, um, so what ended up happening, obviously you didn't go to prison for three years and you got, mm-hmm. obviously you had a moment where you had a moment of clarity with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So what got you from the jail cell to being a free man, being clean and sober, and now mm-hmm. going that that road? What, where did that, How did that all happen?
1: Yeah, so I um, kind of had this, I was in jail, I kind of had this vision of like getting on my knees and crying out to God. Sure. I don't know why, this thing just kind of went through my mind. Yeah. So I did that. I got in the jail cell there and I began, I cried this prayer to God, God cares my life. I don't know how this works, you know, take me, I'm yours. And I began to weep, you know, uncontrollably. And I know now that the Holy Spirit was with me, right? Because the healing came to me on that day in my heart and my mind, right? There was, there was a freedom that happened. Like we hear about so many times, people who tell their story, right? Mm -hmm. How they give their life to God and, and, you know, ultimately it's Jesus, but I didn't know that yet. Right. Um, And they feel this freedom. Yeah. all surpassing right freedom and joy and, and peace and so i got up on that day and my new life had begun hmm. right my new journey had begun <laughs> hmm. right there was still a lot more to do right of course right right. but my new journey had begun and and i that little hope that was in there that glimmer of hope that of life that was still left in me you know began to shine you know i just i wanted i wanted i wanted to get well you know i wanted to start a new life and i had no idea what that looked like but so for me, the first miracle was the judge, the courts allowed me to get out of jail, no prison, if I went to a program, a treatment program, and I successfully completed it. They would leave they would give me probation time for that, the remainder of prison time that I would have served. So, you know, I said this prayer, I go to court, and then I'm out on the street like a couple of days later and I'm like, oh, it's a miracle. Right. I'm preparing myself, you know, to right. go to prison. Right. That's right. what my public defender told me. Like you you know you violated probation and you know, more than likely you're looking at three years prison time.
0: Right.
1: Right. So from that, that was, you know, I call my, my story, I feel like it's the breadcrumb, the breadcrumb story of praying and following these breadcrumbs as God lays them out for me sure, in my life, sure. you know? Yeah, so awesome. yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, the miracle for me is I got out, I was free and I had another chance. <clears throat> so I continued to pray, okay, God, now what, <laughs> you know, yeah. where do I go now? What's next? So, you know, I had, you know, contact my mom. She took me back in for a short period of time until I could get into this, this program. And so I called, i waiting for a bed, and they didn't have any beds. And I prayed, God, <laughs> I need to help. I need to get into this place because, right, yeah. you know, I'm not going to make it <clears throat> out on the, you know, sure back out on the street with all this environments and all this right, right stuff. It's going to be really hard for me to to make it out here. And so, you know, even though I had that hope to want to live, right, mm-hmm. I was surrounded by, you know. The temptations oh yeah, it's to drink off. and use and yeah, everything course, yeah, yeah. yeah right away because all the people I knew were doing that kind of yeah. stuff yeah so. well, you
0: and I both know how crucial that is. mm-hmm that window of opportunity to get into a bed and get into a recovery program yeah and going back on the streets is very crucial yes
1: yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah especially when you have that desire and you want to change
0: yeah but the so. influence is still very strong and you're very <laughs> yeah. new
1: yeah. yeah yeah I didn't have the strength I didn't have the courage or the, yeah. or the understanding or the tools yeah, to to call somebody or go to a meeting, right, and all this stuff to work through that, navigate through temptation and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got into the program and I completed it, and you know I was successful to the judge and the in the courts, and I yeah. was on probation, and I got a sponsor, and you know I was going to these meetings, the twelve step meetings, you yeah. know, and I began to you know hear about these promises that we that are promised to us if we do these, these this program and you know live in this way and. And you know the twelve steps is really about connecting with God or reconnecting with God, and then mm. learning to live a life, you know, with God, mm-hmm. being led by God.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 absolute. So you so you completed the program, right? You're on probation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, obviously, you completed probation. Yep. Right. Never turned back. Right. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Kept moving forward. Yeah. And then um, uh, higher power. How did I know you're... I know you're a leader at Higher Power now, but how did you, how did that happen? I was busted in by one of these programs. Okay. For for those who are watching this podcast or or on YouTube or listening to it, Higher Power is a Christian 12-step meeting that meets every Friday night Mm -hmm. at Central Peninsula in Foster City. It's been meeting for 27 years? Coming up on 30. Coming up on yeah. 30? Yeah, in June. Goodness uh. gracious. Coming up on 30 years. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm good thing we're not aging, right? Yeah,
1: right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Coming up on 30 years, and it's an amazing place. It's, it's where the 12 steps meet the cross. Yeah. And then we know that Jesus is at the cross, the foot of the cross, and he takes up the rest of our burdens. Yeah. And so anyway, which is was instrumental in my recovery. Yeah. Which I know is instrumental in recovery met. is where we met. So <laughs> <At our retreat. laughs> yeah. And thank God. Right. Cause you walked me through a lot of other stuff outside of my drug addiction. But anyway, sure for those who are listening, because there's a lot of mm-hmm. people who listen to the podcast and the YouTube that are just church based. Okay. And people that listen to it are also trying to find out they want to learn more about us folks yeah. and, and that are seeking recovery and um, or and claim to be recovered. because of our relationship so they don't know what higher power is we know what higher power
1: is but they don't know the organization higher power so anyway right so go ahead yeah yeah so yeah um and then you know i had all the things stacked against me right no license all these fines all the stuff that we have right and so um i continued to pray you know i think when i was in the program they gave us these little daily bread books that you get in institutions and Mm -hmm. that was my first kind of introduction to reading some scripture and praying and seeing how god would work you know in my life and so um He connected me with a sponsor, a great sponsor who, you know, I learned in the program to, you know, ask if you don't know, ask if you're not sure, ask and this whole willingness. Right. What are you willing to do? I know how willing I was to go and get anything. I wanted drugs or alcohol. Sure. I would do anything. Yeah. You know, I would. Yeah. There was there was, you know. um, And so I tried to try to apply that willingness to my recovery. Yeah. And so I called my sponsor about everything. I mean, I did. this is what I had to do. My thinking was messed up. Yeah. Even though I had started this new life right in Christ and this new hope and this new, you know, desire, right? To want to get, you know, better. I had no idea how to do it. Yeah. So my sponsor, you know, walked me through a lot. He gave me a job and, you know, we talked recovery every day and we were going to meetings together. And, you know, I just really, you know, dove into it. And they say the only thing you have to change is everything. <laughs> right? You know, it was just, just it, a little just bit. Just a little bit. I mean, yeah. again, it's, it's. You know, so uh, those kind of words, those mottos and stuff, I kind of held on to those things, you know, because those are the things that, how are, how are people doing it? You would hear like in the program, oh, I want what that guy has. And I would hear about these men who had businesses and, you know, who had these lives, their their wives and their kids and, you know, and how they were doing this stuff. They were managing all these things, mm-hmm. you know, being recovered, being recovered. And and it wasn't just like, no, 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 now they were recovered and they didn't need, you know, that became my family, right? I had to I have, I had a new family, yeah. people in, you know, the 12-step rooms. These are the people that I was going to walk through life with. Yeah, through my tears and through my ups and through my downs. Yeah, you know, and I came to rely on that was my network that I built around me was either you know once I got more into you know the church life or the past you know spiritual life. Right now I have mentors who are pastors. I have you know sponsor you know and this kind of stuff. So this became my network of people who I could call on for things. Yeah, and that helped me through a lot. Yeah. So okay. from from
0: hanging out with unhealthy. Yeah. Right.
1: To hanging out, hanging out with positive and healthy. Yeah. Well, and yeah. yeah, And you're right. Make choices around who you want to be around and not, you know, because in the program, you have all these people don't want to be there. People want to, you know, go and make things, you know, lie and drink and, you know, they want to do all this stuff. So I had to learn early on too. They call it, you know, hang with the winners, stick with the winners was one of the, you know, the mottos things early on. I'm like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? It was just people who were willing to, you know, get honest, you know, remain willing and, and do the work. Yeah and so yeah and like i and like you were saying like before i knew it i had these you know this year year would be two years you're just yeah. like whoa what is happening right and right, right and i saw a lot of people falling off falling off falling off right and relapsing and going backwards and and so i learn. i try to learn from those people so i'm I'm grateful that i think god gives me a clear enough mind that when someone comes back in and says you know i relapsed and it didn't work it, what would makes it you know what makes me think is going to work for me <laughs> Right. What's different? You know, what's, right. you know, similarities, not the differences right. is another thing we hear about. And I try to hold on to that a lot. Sure. Because I'm the same as any other addict and alcoholic. I can't, you know, I can't go back out there and just have one or two beers, you know, and think that everything's going to be normal again, ever.
0: You know, for me, I think one of the biggest um, wake up calls for me was when I started going to higher power, mm-hmm. I had about 18 months sober. When uh, Teresa first brought me into higher power.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, getting to know people that had 15, 20 years sobriety. Yeah. And going out after having 20 years sober mm-hmm. and dying within 24 hours of going out. Yeah. Having a, a just massive heart attack from relapsing. Because they, they went back to the, they shot the load that they were shooting 20 years prior. Right. And their body can't handle it. Yeah. And I thought to myself, man, this this disease is fierce. Yeah. And um, it's so fierce <clears throat> that if you're not hanging out with the winners, and you're not being accountable,
1: yeah,
0: man, it just wants to kill you. Yeah. And I saw that. I saw that just like you, people yeah. going out, and I saw it the way it was just destroying marriages and stuff. And I thought, man, I, I yeah. don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, it scared me.
1: Yeah.
0: It scared me enough to keep me on the right, right path. Yeah, <laughs> me too. My like, no. Yeah. Me. And and it's sad. I mean i hate to see it destroy people's lives but it, it like you it was like you just said for me it was
1: mm-hmm.
0: that was a wake-up call for me to realize how mm-hmm. deadly this disease is yeah because i'm no different yeah if if i was to go out today i would go right to where i left off mm-hmm. and you know 16 years you got 18 years yeah. right mm-hmm. it, you know you you're um you're gonna go your body's not going to be able to handle it
1: Definitely not. Yeah. You like,
0: think mentally you think yeah, you can, but you you you're physically, your body's going to be like, what the heck are you putting in me?
1: Yeah. I think even if I tried to like smoke a cigarette today or something, I'd be I like, know. you're right. Like, oh. It would just be, yeah. you know, and yeah, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. We build up that immunity. We build up that tolerance. For you and I, I yes,
0: think the, the, the difference is I don't know if the drugs would kill me before Sean killed me, like like Tina, <laughs> and yeah. you? I, yeah, I, I, I know, yeah, I don't know. I don't right. know which would be which would be more fierce to face, the odds yeah. or my wife. But definitely hey. our wives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to come walk you through the front door. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be bad.
1: Definitely not. Gosh, <laughs> that'd be bad. Yeah, those are the kind of things that are we set set place in our lives to help us protect us, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not afraid of you know. Get <laughs> loaded again.
0: I'm afraid of my, my I got a face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just the, you know, just the devastation. You know, the yeah. the, the look on their, uh, well, you've got kids now. Yeah, just the look on their face. Oh yeah, they would be just, just oh, I just yeah. anyway, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't even imagine what that would look like to Isaiah. Yeah, right. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, you know. Yep. You know, um, I, I stay sober for myself, but at the mm-hmm. same time, yeah. that that idea of what it would look like to my kid if yeah. I failed that, oh. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't do that to somebody else. Yeah,
1: God's given us responsibility yeah. and, and people to, which are <clears throat> things we set up, right, to help oh, us yeah. in our recovery. And playing the tape, I heard Leon, like play that tape, right, yep. that all the way through.
0: All the way through. <laughs> you know. Yeah, not halfway. Yeah, not halfway through. <laughs>
1: all the way through. And you and I know how it ends.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's, it's a, Yeah, it's a horrible ending. So let's see. Um, yeah. So you just kind of go through a little history yeah, yeah. here. So when I met you, mm-hmm. you were working as a mechanic. Yep. And fixing Mercedes and doing that, and but I always, I always heard from you. There was always this underlying: I'm going to be in ministry. I want to get into ministry. I want to get into ministry. And, 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 uh, uh, but you know, this is just a day job, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then a couple years later, you started getting into ministry. And the the founder and the leader of of Higher Power passed away. Yeah, Steve Varell, mm-hmm. and. Um, and then shortly after they I guess they approached you and asked you if you wanted to take on leadership and CPC mm-hmm. kind of poured into you. Yeah. Um, and gave you the ability to go to school mm-hmm. to to get your degree and start becoming a pastor. And mm-hmm. um, and so here you are. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, you're leading higher power now and you're married and mm-hmm. one kid three years old and mm-hmm. one that's really
1: close. Anytime. <clears throat> Anytime. <clears throat> yes. So how's that feel? It's it's like, yeah, it's amazing. It really is. It's amazing, I think. That whole journey, of course I have a I have stories for all, all the different parts of those journeys, but learning to listen to God, right, and trust God when He calls us. Yeah. To do things sometimes come with big risks. Sure. And the stirring for me forever, like I was telling you when to get in ministry, you know, was that nudge and that continued to stir, but eventually I had to make the hard choices to transition right out of... That leap of faith. Yeah, leap of right. faith, you
0: Because know? yeah, the, the, the mechanic stuff is pretty lucrative.
1: Yeah, I mean... It's kind of hard to walk away from A it, bunch right? of tools that I had invested in and, and you and know, and I had a small business. I ended up having a small business yeah. as part of the transition thing, right? I yeah. ended up having a small business for a year that God, you know, it didn't work out. You know, yeah. God, you know, it was just... Now I see, like I said, there's a whole story around that, what happened within that. And there was a reason why for that year I was yeah. there. And a right. bunch of stuff happened with my family and I was able to hold my job and, you know, have someone at the shop when I was gone. You know, so there's a lot of things I think that happened during that time. Why, why the, during that season. And so, but eventually, right, it all led to, you know, a lot of clear, you know, um, direction from God yeah. about getting into ministry and that whole path. And, you know, so, but it's exciting. Um, I, I love doing this because watching God work in people's lives, right? And, and that transforming power right? That we all, we experience, you know, and that we can experience on a daily basis. Some people get to experience for the first time, right? Or again, you know, people come back to to God when they drift away and they come back to God. And so I realize, you know, that there's a lot of things we, we could be doing with our lives, right? There's a lot of important things, you know, that we can be doing in our lives, but it's sobering to know that my family is obviously the most important, right? Gift, sure. the treasured gift. Amen. Because my boys, right, are going to be influencers are going to be yeah. you know doing things in the world and they're going to have a choice of what they do and so right. influencing them is the most important thing and on top of that right God allows us to be part of you know the work that he's doing in in churches and in recovery and in homeless ministry and stuff like that so it's it's a lot of work you know mm-hmm. and it's a lot of sacrifice and discipline but it always it always outweighs
0: it's good right, to have a good enjoy. wife at home huh yes definitely yeah i mean you you i will say you, you Tina mm-hmm. and Sean yeah um, I don't want to, you know. when I say have a good wife at home. I don't mean like you know, might you know, I'm not sounding chauvinistic, but <laughs> yeah, my, but but knowing that I have my wife behind me, like yeah. you have Tina behind you, yeah, because ministry is demanding, definitely, and um, and it's good to know that you have a a wife that is willing mm-hmm. to go roll with the punches, yeah, and support through ministry because it's it is it's demanding, it's it's yeah, it's a lot, and it's it's good having a solid woman of Christ at home.
1: Absolutely. Well, you and I him. both know we, we kind of, we finally submitted the, that area of our life, right? To God. Yeah. Oh yeah. And when we look at, yeah, wow. We look what God had in store for us. Yeah. That we had no clue, Yeah.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> oh yeah,
1: I had, a so, lot of, I had a lot of junk holding me back. Sure, yeah. yeah. And we had to continue to submit, right? Mm-hmm. All that area of our life and everything we, our expectations and everything we thought, right? And all our fears and all that stuff around yeah. marriage and around family and and all yeah. that stuff. And so God is faithful. Do that and yeah even more. He's blessed us. Yeah. Beyond measure. Yeah. What's it?
0: <laughs> so you been, how long have you and Tina been married now?
1: Uh nine years. Nine years. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been a good journey, huh? It has been a very good journey. Yeah. And you got a three year old? We got a three yeah, three and a half. Yeah. And yeah. so and he's yeah, the greatest thing ever. It's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> he's just amazing.
0: Um, so I wanna kinda of maybe share a little bit too, is is um so now Going into a new chapter in your life, um, obviously you get your Street Life Ministries shirt on. Yeah. Right. You're yeah. Wor- working for Street Life Ministries now. Right. And uh I know you're still working part-time with CPC, but mm-hmm. you're working part-time with Street Life. And um, and I, I, you know, it's interesting. I was just kind of thinking here, you know, to talk about being going from being a mechanic to being a, a ministry leader. Yeah. You're still kind of a mechanic, you know, in a ways, right? right? Because yeah. God, now you're just a spiritual mechanic, you right. know, and you're working with broken folks yeah spiritually and they and they come to you and then you try to figure cuz everybody's so different right from from yeah. the cars you worked on every transmission was a different yeah. thing right well That's every right. broken heart and every addict is is a different yeah situation so it's like now you tap into a different source right you're tapping yeah. into the lord yeah um so um i like that analogy does that work? That's good. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, different, Jesus. Different is a, tools. You have different I mean, tools to well, like right. Jesus is a carpenter. Yeah. Right? And he, and he never stopped being a carpenter, right? Yeah. Even in his thirty-three years of ministry, he was still building and work building his kingdom. Yeah. I feel like that's what we 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 strive to be yeah. more like Christ, right? So yeah. um my wife teases I went from dope connections to hope connections. That's great. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs>
1: perfect. in you know, a lot of ways, we're just applying our passions and our gifts and stuff to Good stuff. Now
0: <laughs> you know it's interesting. I, I remember uh, early on being labeled ADD I mean. and dyslexic, and you know mm-hmm. when I was young. I mean, the, the schools labeled me as a special special ed and all this stuff. Okay. And then that's what spun me into not like you not feeling loved or wanted. Yeah. That's what spun me into my addiction. Nobody felt like I wasn't loved at home. I felt like I wasn't loved in, in anywhere. So I just yeah. spun in out of control. So I hung out with all the the wrong choice of people. Sure. And I drove out to that. Never would have thought at the age of thirty five coming to Jesus and getting sober that God would use my a d d and dyslexia yeah. to to serve the kingdom, and now it's like I, yeah. I love, <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, who would have ever thought <laughs> I know right <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway, so um yeah so t- talk about what we're what, what's what's new in your life and what we're doing now, like you know just so people kind of have an idea we haven't really made an official announcement, but I yeah. guess this would be kind of a yeah a, an open ri- open for that,
1: yeah. Well, like you said, I think it's it's so it's such a blessing that God has put me in a, a unique place where I can be, you know, both involved in, in higher power and, and street life and seeing like we've talked over the years, the connections, the mm-hmm. possibilities of connections and the you know, and, and it's all God's work, right? Mm-hmm. But having the flexibility and the freedom to grow and to nurture, you know, and to to um, be used, you know, however God wants to use me within these different um these different opportunities, different ministries has been very, very special. And so, you know, this this stirring for like a program has been on, it was in Steve Aurel's heart, it was in his mind for a long time. I mean, I think a lot, you know, a lot of us have in the recovery community leaders have talked about the need, the great need here, right, on the peninsula for something like this. And so I'm really excited to see God, you know, bring it forth, mm-hmm. you know, the stirring and just the ideas and the visions that come, you know, and you're just like, whoa, this would be great. We could do this. And And then now having the freedom and flexibility to build it, yeah. Right together and to really listen to God and really trust his guiding and his direction, you know, through this thing kind yeah. of from scratch. That's yeah. super exciting. Yeah. Cause, you know, through our conversation we just see God kinda giving us, you know, insight and direction on um, how he would build this this program. So I'm excited to be part of it. I think the obviously the need here on the Peninsula outweighs the resources that are here by far. Oh yeah. The need, you know, that <clears throat> people have. So I'm excited to see how God's gonna move this and to yeah. see how he's going to use us and <clears throat> use us and our gifts and the team's gifts yeah. individually and uniquely to, to grow this thing and just, you know, watch lives be changed.
0: Oh, this could be amazing. It
1: doesn't, it just feels kind of like everything I've done is built up to this point, right? Same doesn't here. Doesn't it? Yeah. Same here. <laughs> it feels like yeah. everything we've done is built up to this point where now we're like, you know, can be more focused on life transformation yeah. in, a, in, a, in an environment that allows that.
0: So go. I just, so, um, you know, for 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 me, it's been like, I love Street Life Ministries. I love the nighttime, the feeding, the, the everything that we've done, Yeah. you know, for the last 21 years, um, 13 years for me, but the 21 years it's been around. I, I love yeah. everything it represents. But, you know, Sean and I, for the last several years, have been praying, like, what is the next?
1: Yeah.
0: What is next for Street Life Ministries? And we just, right at the beginning of COVID, it mm-hmm. just hit Sean and I, like, a faith-based recovery program needs to be here in the peninsula. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just thought, you know what, let's do it. Let's, 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 let's just cast this vision out and see what other people think. And I've casted it out and and you and Mike and a bunch of other people, my board and stuff, they're like, absolutely.
1: That's great. And so I've just been (laughs) like, okay, this is, this is it, you know, and
0: hopefully, this men's recovery program takes off so successfully that we can then launch a, a women's recovery program here on the yeah. peninsula.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All faith based, you know, everything's yeah. about about the Lord, and mm-hmm. you know, and just really seeing lives get changed. I just I, I can't wait to see what God is going to do. Yeah, through you and Mike and and whoever else that we get brought into this ministry and yeah.
1: Me too. It's gonna be powerful.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm really super excited. I don't even know what to. I can't put my finger on <laughs> what's gonna happen next, but yeah. I know that the conversations that we've had every time yeah. I've gotten off the phone with you and Mike, I'm just like, yes.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. So uh, it's it's yeah. gonna be awesome. It is gonna you know, be great. I can't yeah. wait to
0: see some of our most hardcore homeless mm-hmm. that we've been dealing with for years go through the program yeah. and walk out of the front door with their yeah. hands held up high. Yep. And their fate and their head held up high, knowing that. <clears throat>
1: Yeah. That's it. I'm done. I don't I'm need to recovered. go back. I'm recovering. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, that's going to be just like for me. Yeah. That's all. I, I could just sit back all day long and, and just cheer that on.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. And, and seeing how they're going to make an impact, right? And the productive member of society and how they go out and do things like we've got to do, right? Yeah. B&B and involved. sit
0: down in front of the, do a podcast or yeah. sit down and, and just hear what they have to say about what and God's doing story. in their life yeah. and tell their story. Just go, Wow. Because, you know, the one thing I've learned about higher power that I've loved so much about it and that why I think faith-based recovery is so important is that look at over the last 30 years. Yeah. That the hundreds and thousands of people that have come through higher power Mm -hmm. that have never gone back out and used. Right. And they've changed a whole course. Yeah of a generation within their family. Yeah. That'll never use because, mm-hmm. yeah. because of their decision to accept right. Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior yeah. and to work a 12-step program mm-hmm. and never go back to drugs and alcohol. Yeah. They've changed marriages, they've changed the course of their children, yeah. their children's children,
1: Yeah,
0: all because because God entered into their life yeah. and they decided, they said, hey,
1: yeah,
0: right? They, yeah. W- the first three steps, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, right? chains are broken. Yeah, and, and chains and again, were broken like, and and I think that we'll do the same thing with this recovery. Oh, I think so too. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm excited, bro. I am all pumped up right now. Me i to all day long oh, like, on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like you said, it's excited to see how God's putting those pieces together, the right yeah. people, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The right people to get this thing going and and do it, so.
0: Yeah. So, um as we get as we wrap this up, yeah. Anything that you'd like so like I said, the, a lot of people that listen to this podcast or they watch the YouTube, mm-hmm. um, are, I get, it's a mix between people who are in the recovery, mm-hmm. people who are just churchgoers, and then people who are st- still try to figure out like what's the deal with addicts and homelessness and stuff. So there's a lot of people that are just kind of like, you know, uh, yeah. normies. Sure. Um, is there anything that you would say to anybody that's watching this, um, I don't know, just is there any last final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, another big vision for us, right, is to have more recovery ministries at churches, mm-hmm. you know? And so it doesn't have to be a big thing. You know, you can have six or seven people coming to a meeting every week and they that may be their only way, that might be their only segue into, you know, I mean, ironically, higher Potter's been for 30 years. A lot of people don't even know it's there. (laughs) They have never heard about it, right? And that's kind of how these recovery ministries are. They're kind of more, you know, even though we have social media and different things like that, it's just there's a lot of hurting and hopeless people out there that would come to the church or maybe in your congregation that need help and they just have no clue. So creating, you know, recovery ministries at churches, um, we love to partner and help people get those things going. And those can also be, you know feeders for us to into to to our program and things like that so i would just say you know if you've been feeling that calling to have recovery ministry at your church in some capacity you know you're more than welcome to contact me or dave and and we can talk more about that and so having more of these these meetings available in different areas is is vital to keeping that door open we'd like to say that um uh let's see this is the side door to the church for people who would never come through the front door i like that in the community so they're willing to maybe come to your church for a recovery ministry and they're not really even understanding that it's at a church or, you know, sure. but they would never come through your front door on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But one day they might. That's what happened with us, right? That's right. <laughs> I came indeed. through the side door Totally. Yes. <laughs> and now I go through the front door yeah. and I know elders by name and pastors by name and, you know, and so yeah. <clears throat> Um. there's a lot of work that can be done in small groups Sure. in the church and a recovery ministry thing it doesn't have to be a big glamorous, you know, thing. So, you know, yeah. That'd be
0: cool to see and I never I never really thought about it, but it'd be really cool to see multiple higher powers start up at different churches, yeah. you know and it, like you said, it doesn't take but you know six or seven people to really yeah. form a group, yeah, you know,
1: yeah, I mean for us, it's like well the doors are open for us if there's one addict there or there's a hundred addicts there i mean and and you know so it's that's our motto and that's that's the way we we run it because every time we've focused on you know obviously bigger numbers God has always shown us right. You know, the one or two person, the person that comes and says, oh, I wasn't going to come tonight because, you know, I heard there can be a lot of people here sometimes. And, and it's, I'm, gl- I'm glad that it's small tonight. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> this is my first time in a meeting. You know, we've heard that before. I've never been to a meeting before. This is my first time here. Yeah. And, so God, and so we go, okay, God, you know, that's what we're here for. Yeah. We're always here for the one. Oh, you absolutely! Know, we're always here for the one. Well, yeah, like you Jesus, know that. <laughs> like Jesus said, you
0: know, He leaves the ninety-nine, and yeah. he, goes, he goes after that yeah. lost one. Yeah. And there's a lot of lost ones. Yeah. Right? I mean, the church is the the is the hospital for the sick.
1: Exactly. I think
0: people forget that, that. Yeah. We're not all fancy and dusted off. I mean, we're 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 a messed up bunch. Yeah. You know, and you know, and I want people to also know that as they listen to this too, is that you know don't put drugs and alcohol around addiction because there's a lot of various. Yeah. areas of addiction. I mean as mm-hmm. you and I both that's how you and yeah. I got bonded is I was clean and right. sober off drugs and alcohol <clears throat> and then I found myself stuck in a, an addiction of of a sexual addiction and I didn't right. even mm-hmm. was even realizing it. Yeah. Right? And, and 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 I knew that you knew something about a class that gets yeah. people like on the right path for mm-hmm. uh, integrity. Right. And um thank God that you were there. Yeah. Because you because of you and because of Sebastian and because of that 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 recovery yeah. ministry, I got saved. I and yeah. I know for a fact, I would have. God would have never put Sean in my life, right? If I hadn't gone to that class, yeah, yeah. God would have never honored me with the marriage I have today, <clears throat> right? If it wasn't for you and Sebastian yeah. bringing me into a small little group of, what yeah. there was like five or six of us, yep, right, Yeah. I'll never, I'll never forget the night I walked in there. I was just, just everybody. I thought everybody's. Oh, these guys are all perverts. And I got these are all messed up until it got to me and I realized, man, I am messed up.
1: Right. Yeah. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. We trade one addiction for another. And I think that's those are the subtle ways, you know, that you know, we can get lost within the recovery ministry. Yeah, so the recovery ministry, especially within our church and and Christ centered recovery is for all types of addictions. Over the years we've had different people come with different different things. And so you know, we can point them all to the, the same source. <clears throat> right so yeah I mean you can have any kind of recovery ministry at your church for you know and we have a lot of information and a lot of templates and stuff that people can use you know our our goal and our idea right is to make these things run you know seamless for people right. just open your church open your doors you know and allow it to have a safe place for people to meet what do I mean? Keep
0: it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid, and
1: <laughs> let God do the rest. <laughs> let God do the rest. You know, because
0: you know. she you heard that somewhere before? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. You know,
1: just open your doors, and, yeah. and these people are great people, and they're such a blessing to congregations. I know. Oh. Oftentimes, right? It's you know the tattoos and maybe the smoking and the you know they look different, they sound different, they feel them, but they're such a blessing. Sure. Higher power, and everybody agrees in CPC that higher power has been just an immense blessing to that church. Sure, the recovery and the people that a lot have. of truth
0: coming out of that room. Ooh,
1: yeah, a lot of honesty. <laughs> oh, they love it. They love it, and that's why we get so much support from them because yeah. they've seen the they've seen the fruit and they've seen the work that God does through recovery ministry. Cool. Yep. Thanks, Ricky. You're welcome. You want to pray us out? Sure. Let's awesome. Pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for for your grace and your mercy, God, and your your forgiveness, Lord. And we thank you, God, that your mercies are new each day, Lord, and. And that tells us that we need uh, daily reprieve, God. We need daily reprieve, God, from this life and from um, the challenges in this life. So we thank you, Lord, for your mercies that are new every day, God. And I thank you for Dave and for Sean, and I thank you for Street Life Ministries, God. And I'm, I'm just in awe of the work that you've done in this ministry and the continued work that you will do through Street Life in the peninsula. Yes, God for the lost, the hurting, and the broken, God. So we just pray and ask that your hand would continue to be over this ministry and protect everyone, um, anybody who's on staff and anybody who serves at Street Life, God, yes, that you would protect them, God. watch yes, over God. them, and keep them close to you, God. Yes, God. We thank you for this program, Lord. Would you bless it, and would you continue to lead and guide us, God, into the ways that you would have this yes, program Lord. unfold. And thank you for the generosity of people already who have been giving to this program. We know that it's your hand, God, and it's your you're guiding us, Lord. So yes, we just pray and continue to ask to keep our ears attentive, God, and our minds focused on you as we continue to listen yes, and, and watch and be guided, God, by you for this program. And may it be for your purpose in your glory, God, and not ours. Mm. And may these podcasts bless people who hear yes, them lord. may they be encouraged god and may they be inspired in a world that often says that the outcast has no place to go god that you have open doors and you have open hearts of people um to to welcome these folks uh, homeless or addicted or just ones who have drifted away from you god back to your loving arms and so we just thank you lord to pray for every person who's listening to this bless them Watch over them and their household and keep them safe in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, Ricky. Thank you. You're welcome. Cool.